I'm feeling it. I am feeling it. So the Saskatchewan Rough Rider, who scored only four rouges all last season, Jack. But Stan Peters are off of the hump and back on top. 2018 Grey Cup champions. Yeah, man, I, I eat chalk for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Muy caliente. We are live with the 14th episode of the Red, White, and the Rouge podcast. My name is John. You guys can find me on Twitter at John Hewish with a little underscore at the end. And as is the case with every episode, I'm joined by my co-host with the most, Rob, also known on Twitter at Rob McSports. Rob, how was your Labor Day weekend? It was nice, uh, you know getting back to school all that kind of stuff which kind of sucks but apart from that it was a enjoyable relaxing weekend mm-hmm. agreed and uh as is the case as is a common saying in the cfl uh the cfl season does not start till after labor day so we have the first official week of cfl football coming up guys uh, we're going to skip the rewind this week just because again just three games last week and we're a little bit short on time this week so we're gonna and two of them are yesterday. Yes, yeah. They so, were. like, not a whole lot of time to really reflect. Mm-hmm, for sure. So we can just jump right into right into week 13 here, which is uh, another four-game slate. They, For some reason, they didn't deem uh, Toronto and Hamilton a, a valuable enough matchup to have them play each other home-and-home home two weeks in a row. They just were like, yeah, we know how this is going to go. So there's no, <laughs> there's no need for this. So Yeah. But... Um, the Labor Day matchup that never happened or that didn't happen this year, BC at Montreal. That's how we're getting started this week, guys. There's no lines out yet as of Tuesday at about 9.15 Eastern. So we'll be tweeting out, obviously, our favorite uh, plays as they come out, hopefully before Friday. But BC and Montreal is the first game of the week. Vernon Adams Jr. is one of two players that is over $10,000 this week. There are only two players over 10000 that are available to play. Uh, the other one's Cody Fajardo. But the other quarterback in this game is Mike Riley at 9200 He doesn't get protection, but 9200 I mean, the, the, the Alouette's pass defense is still bad. That's, yeah. That's still a thing. I'm definitely on the Mike Riley train at that price point, um, just because of how bad the Montreal pass defense is. It's scary, but I, I think I'm with you. Uh, I'm yep. also on the Vernon Adams Jr. train at 10,600. Like, man, he is, he's good. Uh, and that's 10,600. That I don't think you're overpaying for him there. What about the running back situation in Montreal? Do you think we see uh, JJ getting a majority of the carries again? Um, all I know is that it scares the hell out of me. I don't know if it'll be Johnson or Standback, so I'm kind of steering clear just because, just due to lack of information. Maybe when it gets closer to the date, there'll be more clarity on that. But even still, I think that it'll be a it'll be a busy, crowded backfield. Yeah, so probably a stay away situation. But wide receivers are not a stay away situation for me. No, no, no. Devere Posey, Quan Bray, Geno Lewis. If I had to rate them in order, it would be Devere Posey for me, number one. Quan Bray, number two. And Geno Lewis, number three, with Brian Burnham. Uh, obviously, kind of also in the picture if you want to pair him with Mike Riley. He's really the only receiver that BC has at this point. So 8,500 is a lot. Uh, so you, you're basically kind of, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm going to take a flyer on this guy. But if he doesn't pan out the rest of my lineup, pan- no. This is like you're spending 
a huge chunk of your salary on a quarterback-wide receiver combination. So I would definitely limit your exposure to BC. Not exactly a hot take, but... <laughs> but remember, the season is just starting this week, so really it's a fresh start for BC. True. They could still yeah. mathematically make the playoffs. And Mike Riley's been hit enough times, I really doubt he remembers the first half of the season, so I, I think it's a good opportunity for him. Speaking of him getting hit, 55 is too much for the Alouettes defense, right? It's way too much. Yeah. yeah. All um, right. I, I, the lines are bad, I, and the Owls do... Let's remember that a 38-year-old is the is the Alouettes' best defensive lineman rushing, rushing, and as well, the Lions also fired their offensive line coach this week. So we might see a little bit of a shakeup with the Lions' outline. That could mean it's significantly worse or significantly better. However, the, yeah, the Alouettes' defensive line doesn't scare me, and Mike Riley with time is dangerous. I don't know if there's room for them to get significantly worse, but I mean... <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'll find a way. Yeah, every week they. I uh, just think, man, this is rock bottom. And then every week they find a way to show me, no, no, we're going, we're going lower. Yep. Fuck. God. Speaking of two other miserable franchises, Toronto at Ottawa. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson. He wasn't miserable last week. Uh, he's probably still mad <laughs> after the. I don't blame him. Argonauts choked a a massive, massive lead. Thankfully, again, that game was high scoring, so lock of the week paid out there, but. Man, uh, 9,500, though, against the Red Blacks defense. I'm fine paying that for Bethel Thompson. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson, though. Or not Jeremiah Johnson. Sorry, JJ. I get them, I get them confused. Jonathan well, I, Jennings. We did this right before, yeah. 76? Is that, like, uh, uh, is it? You really have to believe in the Ottawa offense, and that would be a big mistake in my mind. It's it's not that I believe in the Ottawa offense. It's that I believe that a defense that l- allowed Dane Evans to throw for over 400 yards may not be able to even slow down Jonathan Jennings. See, the there is a big disparity between the Hamilton offense with Dane Evans and Jonathan Jennings in the Ottawa offense. Dane Evans at least has peep playmakers. He has Banks. He has Addison. He has uh, he has Tasker. Even though Tasker hasn't been good this year. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson has uh, two shells of S.J. Green and Armani Edwards, who have been good this year, but are still shells of their former selves. He has a rotating cast of running backs that I don't think we'll ever figure out. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Ottawa has I'm sorry, Ottawa has Brad Sinopoli and all these guys. Like honestly, it's uh, the Hamilton offense is not a good judging point. The there's nothing on the Ottawa offense that is scary. Name one significant dangerous thing. About their offense? Yeah. Um, well, they're you can't like, say Denman. No, no, because he's not part of the offense. But uh, yeah, the, only, exactly. the, mo- the most dangerous thing in Ottawa's offense is themselves. They're, they <laughs> are their biggest liability. <laughs> exactly. They're a liability. Like, honestly, if they could score negative points, I think they would. If Ottawa, if Ottawa wins this week, it'll be because uh, Elliot Denman ran around and broke about 50,000 tackles for um, and returned some stuff for touchdowns. Their offense is just bad. Devontae Denman. Is it Devontae? Oh. I mean, you get like three or four names wrong a week. I just don't correct you at this point because it's just part of the... It's just yeah. part of your, Just pretend I'm like an 80-year-old hockey analyst. <laughs> I'm basically Don Cherry. I actually have a lot to say about this game. Um, this offense, ooh, okay, I'll start with Toronto. 
Uh, James Wilder was decent out of the backfield last week. I mean, I think he only had like 10 points, but he caught a healthy amount of passes. And obviously, he had under like 20 rushing yards, which is kind of what we expect with James Wilder. But if you're playing McLeod Bethel Thompson, that's basically you're getting the same correlation as playing a quarterback with his wide receiver. Speaking mm-hmm. of Toronto wide receivers, Darrell, Darrell Walker is like... With the lack of other options on the board this week at 9,100, I think he's worth it. He went nuts last week, but he only caught nine of his 15 targets. 15 targets. Not many other options on the board to pay out for. SJ Green's probably like a decent option at 73. I still think I'd go with Quan Bray over SJ Green, but he's like, I wouldn't write him off. As for the Ottawa offense, John Crockett... Uh, Greg Morris, Moses Madu, whoever starts is in play because we saw, like, Christ, even Hamilton's fourth. He, he, yeah, that must have been their fourth running back. Their fourth string running back managed to have a good game against the Toronto Rundy. So, whoever it is that's starting, the, you know, I mean, Greg Morris was, they just threw him in after they pulled basically the entire offense their last time out. I don't know what they're going to do this week, but whoever starts is definitely in play. As for Brad Sinopoli, his best week of the season was with Jonathan Jennings at quarterback. I'm not saying play both of them. I'm not even saying play either of them. That's just what I'm, that's just like, fuck, Jonathan Jennings seems to know how to at least use Sinopoli better than Dominique Davis did. God, I've already almost forgotten his name. What a forgettable human he is. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I I really, Ottawa, I think, has screwed themselves. They had so much, and it all went away in one year. It's that, Honestly, it's crazy to think about it when you mention that. I hadn't thought about where they were at last year and where they're at this year. William Powell, Greg Ellingson, Brad Sinopoli, and Trevor Harris. And now it's just a sad-looking Brad Sinopoli. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. And it, it reminds me of... Uh, the, if you're going to put a hockey comparison on it, the Columbus Blue Jackets losing Panarin, Bobrovsky, and Duchesne all in one offseason. It's just like, what do you do now? I'm going to pretend know. I got that reference. <laughs> anyway, should we go to the second leg of the Banjo Bowl? Yep, second leg this week is in Winnipeg. Still no Andrew Harris, obviously, because he's uh, still sitting out for taking some steroids. But Cody Fajardo, 10-1, too much. Uh, I love him, but no. Uh, Strevler, 8,700. That is a little bit more intriguing with, again, how much we saw him running last week. He got the rushing touchdown that we kind of knew he would all get. Uh, Mm -hmm. 165 passing yards as well, which is a big improvement over the previous week. And only two interceptions, so staying yeah, consistent. that's the downside. Well, no. Yeah. It's like, if you um, play him, you expect that, though. It's absolutely true. But he still had 20 points last week, which I was quite happy with. Well, that's because he ran. That's it. Think about it. Yeah. Like, he runs for 70 yards and a touchdown. That's You're, you're already at 13 points. And then, I mean, he exactly. might get to 20 with his passing, but you're already at 13. So... Uh, Powell, Augustine, Johnny Augustine looked good. I like him even at 59. I still think he's viable. William Powell at 93. Is that, do we go there with a lack of other options to pay up for? Uh, I, I definitely, I didn't end up doing it, but I definitely considered it. I think Powell is, is dangerous, especially for short yardage. He, he vultures a lot of, uh, a lot of red zone carries. 
and you'll probably get your money back through that. As for the uh, the receiving cores here, Naaman Roosevelt. Now, here's the thing with this guy. Ever since they brought that stupid-ass chain out in Saskatchewan, he seems to just have gotten a time machine with it and is actually starting to try because he wants to wear this stupid chain. Now, I don't judge on what motivates people, whatever works for you, but that seems to be working for him. So 5,900, he's been good against you know, Winnipeg in the past, even though, again, these teams have historically been pretty good defensively. He, he's found a way to uh, to show up in the Banjo Bowl. So at 5,900, I like him for value. Obviously, Shaq Evans is the best option out there. And uh, none of the receivers that Chris Reveler's throwing to, right? They're all kind of off the board for us. Yeah, he's just not throwing the ball for enough yards to make it worth it. Yeah, that, no, that's a great way to put it, so... Let's, uh, oh, sorry, both defenses in play. Again, they're cheap. It's, it's not that I think either offense here is necessarily bad per se, but um, I definitely do like the upside of both these defenses. So you can have a look at both of them. And that brings us to already, thank God, last game of the week, the second leg of the Battle of Alberta. Calgary is at. Edmonton this week. Trevor Harris back at home, 9,800. Just terrible last week. Do you think he bounces back here at home? Um, No, because I think Trevor Harris gets in his head too much. Uh, that is a completely non-scientific take. But, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think he gets rattled. And I think it's the big reason why he wasn't... Uh, he was a controversial figure in Ottawa. Yeah, no, I'm not playing Trevor Harris. There's just too many other good options out there. I guess since we've already yeah. gone through, I'll, I'll rank them. So my favorite is McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Second favorite would probably be Mike Riley, then Chris Trevler, and then Jonathan Jennings. Those are really the four quarterbacks I'm considering this week. Kadeem Carey, is that... Uh, he looked really good last week against Edmonton. Uh, if Don Jackson's out again. I mean, if he's if he's in that starting role... He knows that there's kind of there's somebody coming for that job too now. It's not like there's Terry Williams behind you um, to <laughs> to scare you into basically you know keeping your job. Sixty four that seems pretty good for him. Uh, yeah, sixty four is a good price for him. Um, I worry about how much Calgary runs the ball, and that's been an ongoing theme throughout the year. And they, I don't think they throw to carry as much as they do to, for example, Don Jackson. But I think for 64, he's definitely a reasonable play. And once again, running backs have generally been more consistent than receivers so far this year. So it's probably a safer move than doing a $6,400 receiver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Speaking of receivers, Reggie Bagleton's 9,800. He's going to do it again this week, isn't he? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I'm I completely shocked by this whole Reggie Bagleton uh, rise to stardom. <laughs> it's, he's the hero no one wanted. No one wanted Reggie Bagleton to do this, but he is refusing to slow it down. My question is, is if Bo Levi is back, how does that change things, all that kind of stuff, and will it remain consistent? Yeah, I, I struggle to imagine a situation where they bring him back 
like obviously he was back last week and then just be like no we don't need you anymore or i don't know i don't know we'll see who knows the cfl's well, weird well I, I just mean you know reggie begleton was hot because he he had good chemistry with nick arbuckle right mhm and i feel like he just kind of rode that uh this week but i don't know i it's just very strange for him to come out of nowhere like this and i know anything can happen and he could just have an amazing second half but 9800 is a lot it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. For me, in my head, there's nobody else to pay up for. So he is a good option for me at 98. Um, again, if like Andrew Harris, Brandon Banks are on the slate, then obviously that changes that. But he is like the highest price flex player we got out there this week, which is weird to think about. But I'm not going to you know work my brain too hard on that. DeVars Daniels at 8,300 against his old team again. He was pretty pretty quiet last week. Um, I mean, obviously, I he guess... He was not great. Yeah, only five catches for less than 50 yards. I guess if we assume Harris isn't going to have a great week, then we don't kind of pay for DeVars Daniels at a $500 price bump for last week. Mm-hmm. So that leaves us with the Stampeders defense, another solid option. I would honestly, uh, if you can, Stamps... Bombers, Rough Riders, if you can fit them in. Uh, but Rob has kind of an off-the-cuff play that we're going to get to in the prices Right segment. But before we get to that, we have the Jewels versus the Mick Picks. So without further ado, let's start this week off with the Mick Picks. All right, so my lineup this week it starts with Mike Riley at quarterback. Uh, once again, because the Montreal defense is not good against the pass. Um, I have C.J. Gable at running back, which seems to be an ongoing theme. Uh, I could switch him for Kadeem Carey. Um, that's another good option, but I do like Gable for now, especially with how bad Trevor Harris was last week. Uh, for receivers, I have Davier Posey uh, at 66. It's a great price. Um, I have Armani Edwards against Ottawa uh, because he's been actually really consistent, and uh, um, McLeod Bethel-Thompson has obviously been hot lately. Um, I have Eugene Lewis as my first flex at 7,100 uh, because he's he's come off of two very good weeks. And I also have Eric Rogers against Edmonton. Now, that one I'm not so sure on because he wasn't fantastic last week, but uh, at 7,400, I think he's one of the better available players just based on the pricing. Um, and I don't want to take Quan Bray with Posey back in the lineup because Quan Bray's definitely slowed down since Posey came back. And for my defense, I actually have the Argos D, which I will explain later. All right, time for the... All right, guys, this week on the Jewels, going back to the well on McLeod Bethel-Thompson at 9,500, followed up by Kadeem Carey at 64, wide receiver one pairing Darrell Walker with McLeod Bethel-Thompson, wide receiver two spot, got Devere Posey at 6,600, Flex. I got James Wilder. I don't feel great about it, but I feel better about than than playing like Armani Edwards or SJ Green. Maybe you can go Quan Bray over him. My second flex is Naaman Roosevelt at fifty nine. Again, that's a situation where you can kind of go Johnny Augustine over Roosevelt if you so choose, which would correlate well with my defense, which is the Bombers defense. Probably going to be a lot of uh, flip flopping in this lineup. So uh, there's definitely a lot of ways you can go this week too with all the options there, there are. Like it doesn't feel like it, but I like it. I like uh, I like the directions you can go. So yeah, there's many ways yeah. you can build this lineup. I I do like the Toronto heavy build that John's got there. Um, 
yeah, I think there's a lot of good things there. Thank you. That means it's time for The Price is Right. All right, Kadeem Carey, come on down. Keep your job from Don Jackson and uh, keep running on that Eskimos front seven. All right, Rob, time to explain your sneaky, off-the-cuff, unconventional play of the week. <laughs> the uh, the uh, unorthodox create-a-class combination, if you will. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, uh, so yeah, my price is right. Play of the week is the Argonauts defense at 4,000. There's literally nothing cheaper. Now you might say, wow, that seems crazy. Toronto gives up a lot of yards in basically every single way. However, this Ottawa offense is horrible. As I explained earlier, they have nothing. Nothing scares me about that offense there. They don't have an elite running back. They don't have a single elite receiver. They they have Jonathan Jennings at QB. Their O line is mediocre. I I don't I I just don't see any way that Ottawa puts up more than like let's say twenty four points. Um and at the and and there's no way Jonathan Jennings doesn't throw at least one pick. To me, it just Imagine. seems like easy easy math here. And at 4,000, that gives you a lot more flexibility in the rest of your lineup. If you do want to pay up for a Darrell Walker, a William Powell, uh, those guys. The Reggie Bagletons of the world. Yeah, <laughs> yes, the Reggie Bagletons. Okay, that brings us to the last segment of the week, which is going to be a very short one this week. But uh, get ready for a very short... Luck of the week! We should say this together. I mean, yeah, I guess this is since there's no line out, we can't give you guys our favorite play of the week. Like, I think last week's were pretty good. Um, but yeah, Rob, who is our collective lock of the week this week? Okay, let's say it together on three. One, two, three. Severe Posey. Posey. Oh, see, okay. that's oh, Jesus Christ. I give them the respect right, of well, saying that... their full name. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so it's Devere Posey, 6600 is a really good price, and he's a fantastic receiver. And pro- and clearly took the number one target spot away from Quan Bray, and Quan Bray's very good too. So once again, that shows how good Posey actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, my lock of the week was Brandon Burks last week, and he got put on the injured reserve. So fingers crossed Posey doesn't get thrown on the injured reserve this week, because that really, really... That would make me very sad. plans. Uh, I guess we'll tweet out the gambling locks of the week on uh, our Twitter, on the podcast Twitter, which is RWN the Rouge. Guys, that is it for this week. It was a very short show, but um, that's what happens when there's no real lines out to talk about. Uh, shoot, this has been super short, actually. Before we head out, let's actually try to gauge um, totals. So I'll, I'll, I'll go first in this and just looking at each game. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I think. Off the yeah, cuff. yeah, no, this is just me kind of spitballing, if you will. I think uh, highest total and then going to lowest will be BC Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa. Is, yes. As the highest. Th- then Toronto, okay. Ottawa, then Calgary, Edmonton, and then Saskatchewan, Winnipeg. All right, I'll counter that with I think it'll be, I think it'll be uh, BC Montreal. Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, 
uh, Calgary, Edmonton, and then Toronto at Ottawa. If Toronto at Ottawa is the lowest, uh, like Ottawa's offense is so useless, but both defenses are so bad. If it, Still, if it's the lowest one on the board, I might still have to hammer that. I, I might have to. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, like, it, I just, once again, as you, you all can tell, I have no faith in the Ottawa offense. And if if that doesn't work out, John can come in and roast me on uh, next Tuesday. Yes, I will do plenty of roasting next Tuesday, if need be. <clears throat> Speaking of next Tuesday, good, good. I guess that's the next time you guys will hear from us because it is the end of the show for uh, the week 13 preview. If you guys have questions, uh, check in the description of wherever you're listening to this podcast. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube. Our Twitters will be down there. Feel free to reach out. We, I was 4-1 four, four last week, so it was a really good week for betting and, uh, of course, for DFS with Braylon Addison in the lineup. But, again, we had to, unfortunately, cut the, uh, the rewind short this week. But we will see you guys next week. As usual, Rob and I hope to hear from you. But until then, best of luck and uh, take care. Bye. Bye.